Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. I'm Priscilla Weigel, the Executive Director, and I'm here today again with some colleagues from the state of Minnesota who work very closely with helping all of you out there listening in understanding autism spectrum disorder in a more deeper and useful tool resource way. So I'm here with Nicole Burning, who is the autism clinical lead at DHS, and also Kim Hicks, who's the autism policy lead. And they are here today to tell us more. In our part one, we talked a lot about the early signs to watch for, for uh, autism spectrum disorders. And in this podcast, we're going to talk more about their resource portal that is just a wealth of information and they're going to explain kind of how it can be used and what, what it is and why it came to be. But as we begin, I think we're going to just kind of touch on a little bit. We, last podcast, we talked about early intervention and the importance of it and some of the um, ways that people can get more information and get people plugged in and families plugged in. And so um, do you guys want to tell us a little bit more about that process and some of the resources and tools that are available there to kind of continue the discussion? Absolutely. So early intervention in Minnesota, we have the Early Intensive Developmental and Behavioral Intervention or the EIDBI benefit. It's a medical benefit that uh, covers services for children specifically with autism and related conditions. And that program runs from the, the time that they're diagnosed up to age 21. So really birth up to age 21, no matter you know what, that, what the child's age is. And intervention services are typically provided one-on-one. So they're, they're meeting with a therapist and, and going through those developmental and behavioral intervention strategies really intensively with that individual. Um, and then we also see them you know, progress into more small groups, uh, intervention services, and you'll start working on, you know, social communication skills and, you know, introducing peers into those groups as well. Um, so it really provides a very tailored approach. Um, it's very individualized for, for that specific child to work on those skills as, as we talked about some of those you know, key components and characteristics of, of autism are those those deficits and delays in social interaction and communication um, and, and some of those restrictive repetitive behaviors. So through EIDBI, they are able to work on, on developing really meaningful functional communication and, and develop some of those skills that can help them, you know, interact with, with their peers and with their family in their home um, and be more successful uh, in school and in a lot of community environments. We hear, you know, a lot of times children struggle with you know, self-regulation and mm-hmm. managing behavior. And it can be challenging just for families to go to Target or, you know, eat out in a restaurant and just some of those things that families often take for granted. So we re- really see the program as, as, is something that's very meaningful for, for families to be able to engage in those activities and work on those skills uh, with their child. So uh, so that's really what EIDBI focuses on. It also has a, a large emphasis on family caregiver training. Uh, we really want to see that 
empowers the family with with learning new strategies to help them be successful in supporting their child. And and that can be not just parents, that can actually be any caregiver. So, you know, the child care provider as well, or, you know, we see PCAs or grandparents, siblings, you know, anyone that's interacting with the child uh, on a day-to-day basis. And it's been, you know, really helpful this past year. We've had a variety of of obviously different, you know, right. with COVID, but we've had a lot of uh, increase in telehealth services, and so the opportunity is there for for those services to be provided via telehealth, and that can you know help families you know during this time, but also you know families that live in rural parts of the state that mm-hmm. you know really struggle to access supports. Um, and so, so that can definitely be another option. So if that seems like something that, you know, it, it might be helpful for that family to get access to some of those more intensive supports, we have, you know, more information on the Minnesota Autism Resource Portal that you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'll let Kim speak to a little bit about that healthcare coverage piece, because that's a, another important component that families often need to, need to get access to to enable them to access these programs. Great. Thank you. That's it's a lot. It's yes. a lot when your child is first diagnosed. Um, it it can be so overwhelming, and feel like information overload. So much information is flying at you, um, and there are just a variety of services, a variety of sport of supports, and and trying to figure out what's the right fit for your child can be really overwhelming. And that's why we've created that guidebook that I talked a little bit about in our last podcast to help parents kind of choose what services and supports might be the best fit for their family at this at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might change, right? Like what you need when your child is two is maybe not what you need when they're 12. Right. Um, but knowing what's out there and what's available can really help empower, empower families to have that conversation. But just... Um, all families, when you talk, start talking about services and support, it's, well, how do you pay for it? Mm-hmm. And in Minnesota, a lot of that coverage comes through Minnesota Medicaid. Okay. And luckily for us in Minnesota, we have an option for Minnesota Medicaid, um, both an income-based option and a disability-specific option. And you can apply for both of those options using the MNsure site. If, if you're over income for for uh, Minnesota Medicaid, you can utilize the TEFRA program and pay a parental fee to have access to those services and supports. Um, And so the amount that your fee is, is based on your adjusted gross income. And you can uh, take a look at whether that makes sense for your family, given what services and supports you need. But knowing that we have those options so that we don't want cost or lack of coverage to be a barrier for children. Great. Oh, that's fabulous. Great information. That's wonderful. So as we get into looking more into the portal, um, I know that it's been around, but can you tell us a little bit about the process of kind of where, when it began and then maybe some of the tweaks and updates that have been happening recently? Absolutely. So the Autism Resource Portal was created from a lot of the community feedback that we received from many our, our parents of caregivers of children with autism expressing the need for more of a comprehensive and trusted resource for 
the information on, on all of these services and supports that we've mentioned today and, and so many more. Um, and so we came together with you know, not just Department of Human Services, but our partners at Departments of Education and Health and Employment and Economic Development. Um, also the University of Minnesota Institute on Community Integration uh, partners with a lot of the, the resources that you'll find on the portal. Um, and so all of the resources should be you know, very easy to understand and go through all of the categories on there, really break it down from, you know, offering training, more, more information on autism. And, and it really gets broken down by the age because we know that, you know, that the, the services and supports that make sense for, you know, children at a young age are not going to be what supports um, an adult or, mm -hmm. you know, um, or in different parts of the state too, it looks very different. So we do try to make sure that this really supports individuals across the lifetime um, so that they can find the resources that they need. Um, there's also a variety of ways to get connected with us if, if you're not finding the resource that, that you need. And so you can use the contact us to ask a question, uh, go through some specific information about yourself so that we can help point you in the right direction. Um, and then we also have a Facebook page that coincides along with the portal where we share a lot of updates and, and information. We really just want to make sure that we're hearing the voice of the community and, and getting those resources out to the people who need them. Um, so that's that's some of the, the main features. It, originally, you know, the, the portal had been a place where we were getting a lot of information from people and had a, a bit of a crowdsourcing feel to it. But now, um, you know, we, we still accept, you know, resources. We do just try to make sure that they are pretty heavily vetted. Uh, we yes. want to make sure that they are trusted programs so that, you know, because I think that's, you know, part of that, Kim had mentioned, people feel very overwhelmed. There's so much, you know, you can Google and find all kinds of things. And so we want to make the portal a place that if you find that resource on here that you know that, okay, I can trust this program. This is going to make sense. Um, and that you can access it through, you know, these programs. It, it, it doesn't, it's not helpful if, you know, it costs too much or, you know, it's right. not accessible for families. So, so we do try to look into those types of things and include those resources on the portal. Um, but yes, we also welcome, you know, a lot of times communities develop their own support groups or mm. their own types of autism friendly initiatives in their communities. And so we love to highlight those on the portal. So there are, you know, if there are things that we're missing, um, it's, it's a great opportunity to submit those to us as well. That's fabulous. I love the way that it's so community-based too, That to because truly it does allow then for you to just go to one place really and find what you need no matter where you're located in the state of Minnesota. That's fabulous. That's a really creative and um, very responsive way to um, set something up. So I, that's wonderful, wonderful. Um, so where can you find this portal? So if you go on to mn.gov forward slash autism, or you can just Google Minnesota Autism Resource Portal and it will come up. And like I mentioned, the, the Facebook page as well. So we encourage you. And that's a great way if you see something that's helpful to we want you to share that out into the community. You know, we know a lot of uh, social media parents, you know, turn to that for a lot of support groups and, and being able to share that information, you know, to other parents as well. So uh, we definitely encourage that. That's fabulous. Um, speaking of social media, a way for all of you who are listening to engage with us on this topic, um, I'm going to throw out a question and just ask all of you who are listening to just share one thing that's really um, 
going to be useful to you and you're going to share with another family or someone you care in your care in the next week related to this portal. And, and just from what you all have shared with us in the first part and just in part two, I think that there's so many tools and resources that can be just shared with any parent just about just knowing your child's development well and knowing what to watch for. And even if it's not your child, you may know a child. You may be related to a child that has some of those flags that remind you that, oh, there's something going on here. I'm not sure what it is. But we we can all be helpful in sharing that um, information and helping families find the necessary resources to help their child be successful long-term. And the fact that the resources that are um, available there do cover the life of the child, there's, you know, there's different way, there's different times in that child's life that they can plug in. You don't have to be, you know, if you didn't get the early intervention that you could have had, it doesn't mean that that's too late. It's, it's anytime it's good to get help and the help is there. So I truly appreciate both of you taking the time out of your day to share with us on the podcast. And also I'm wondering too, if there are new updates or anything that exciting that you want to share, you can certainly come back and we can highlight that as well. So anything to add before we sign off for the day? I would just say keep checking back on the portal. We we post latest news. So when we're having events or trainings or anything like that, we post those on the portal. So keep referencing back to that or the Facebook page. And there are, there are, we do so many trainings. So I would encourage any early child care professionals, if you're looking for any professional development opportunities or just to learn more about autism, you know, the, the portal is a great place to find, find all of those. So. Thank you for sharing that. That is a huge, huge help for folks. That's wonderful. And to get it from such a reputable source, knowing that you guys are going to have, as you said, vetted resources, the most up-to-date information, the most up-to-date um, tools and resources, that's that's huge. So I appreciate it. Thank you both for being here. And as always, you can always look for more resources on inclusivechildcare.org or follow us on social media. I thank you for joining us for Inclusion Matters. Take care. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.